Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about the must-do attractions at Disney World, a sister piece to our Disneyland episode from last week. Find all episodes of this podcast at Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you'll receive bonus content, including my upcoming Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser trip. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.decipher on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we had so much fun, Leslie, talking about Disneyland attractions for Disney World regulars. Um, And again, we've talked about, you know, going to Disney World if you're from Disneyland and vice versa. But we never, like, did an attraction focus. Anyway, we had so much fun. um, And, you know, it is the summer, so we're being a little more relaxed. So we thought we would do the Disney World version. Now, there's a lot more attractions overall at Disney World. So we're going to get right into it. But before we get into that, you know, Leslie, I would say uh, we've said it before. But the major difference between Disney World and Disneyland is just how spread out everything is. And if you're a Disneyland regular, I think it's kind of shocking just how far it is between things. And on top of that, you know, I don't know about you, Leslie, but to me, I almost think of Disneyland and California Adventure as just like one park, you know, just separated by a promenade. Whereas the four parks at Disney World feel very distinct to me. So I don't know if that's a good characterization, you know being the Disneyland regular that you are. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are thematic differences between DCA and Disneyland for sure. But in terms of walking time, it's like going from what used to be called Future World, and I still don't know the names, name of it, from in Epcot to World Showcase. I mean, between DCA and Disneyland. So if you think of it that way, um, it sort of changes your strategy and your perspective. Yeah, and because of that, you did break things down into Disneyland and to DCA. But for... What I'm going to do, um, we're going to have the same kind of overall categories, must-do attractions, should-do, only if you're interested, and then everything else is, you know, either forget about it or only if you have time or whatever. However, I feel like with Disney World, it's so important to, like, differentiate the four parks that we're going to do must-do, should-do, only if you're interested by park. Uh, you know, we're not going to do it all at once like we did over at Disneyland. So let's get started. We'll go in reverse order of, uh, you know, when they were created. So the most recently created park, Leslie, is Animal Kingdom, my favorite park, right, Joe? <laughs> yes, yes, your favorite. Now, Leslie, uh, I will put it on you to describe, you know, Animal Kingdom is like so different than anything in all the Disney parks around the entire world. So, you know, how would you describe Animal Kingdom to someone who, like, has no idea what that is? Well, it's not a zoo, but it is a zoo. Definitely. (laughs) Well, well, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. not a zoo. It's, I mean, it's an animal-themed park, and not necessarily only live animals, but sort of things inspired by animals and nature and conservation. So, you know, I sort of think of it if the Sierra Club created a theme park, that this is what you get. Yes. So very well themed, um, very well done. So let's get straight into it. Must do attractions. And you know what I found, Leslie, while I was doing this for Walt Disney World? I feel like Disney World has a lot of, 
you know, must do attractions for people from Disneyland. But I found that like at the second and third tier, it's just it's not as interesting. I don't think it's as unique. Uh, maybe that's just my bias being at Disney World so much. It's not not as exciting to me. But I would say that Animal Kingdom has some of the best must do's um, at Walt Disney World. And the three that I put on here were Kilimanjaro Safaris, which is um, a safari, an animal safari done only how uh, Disney can do it. Just incredibly well done, well themed amazing animals amazing landscapes it's a really awesome attraction um expedition everest which is probably uh one of the two most thrilling coasters at walt disney world um and that one you know unfortunately no longer features the animatronic yeti but i still think that is a must-do attraction and a s-tier attraction at animal kingdom and then finally saving the best for last avatars flight of passage uh it is one of the best attractions in the world. Definitely, you cannot miss it if you're going to Animal Kingdom. Um, if you don't know what Flight of Passage is at this point, basically, you are riding a banshee, which is a pterodactyl-like creature in the world of Pandora. You do not need to know anything about Pandora or the Avatar movies. I still haven't seen the newest one, but it's still just an amazing attraction. Kind of soaring on steroids is what we've said many times, and I know that's one of your favorites as well, Leslie. Yeah, it's a great attraction, and that trio is really, really solid in Animal Kingdom. I mean, I do joke that I don't like the park very much, and I often will skip it um, on certain trips, but if I go and when I go, I go for those three attractions, and maybe I do them twice if I can make it work with uh, my strategy overall, because those are those are all just fantastic, and, and Flight of Passage is... I mean, I, I'm back and forth between Rise of the Resistance and Flight of Passage for my favorite theme park ride anywhere. Yes, Radiator Springs Racers has would like a word, but uh, okay, yeah. okay, it's top three. The, it's top I mean, three. put those three, yeah, put those three uh, on the Mount Rushmore of American Disney attractions. So the should do attractions at Animal Kingdom, these were not as interesting for me, but I still think if you are going all the way to Orlando, you should check them out. Navi River Journey is probably the one I'm like least interested in. It's supposedly the B attraction at Pandora, but for me, it's really you know, a sea attraction. It is like such a huge drop off from Flight of Passage. Yeah, I mean, it is. But that I, that said, I still like it. I think it's a really beautiful attraction. I like boat rides, generally speaking. So it, it scratches the itch for me um, a bit more just because I want to spend time in Pandora. I think, you know, a lot of people, they just want to take it all in. And that's one of those attractions where you can take it all in. So it's usually a must do for me. I mean, I agree with you. It's not make or break and it's not Disney's best, but um, it's just sort of part of getting the feel of the land, especially if you're a first timer. Well, you've made me feel better about not putting it on the ignore list. So thank you, Leslie. <laughs> um, the other pair of attractions, um, and now we are using attractions in like non-ride, is uh, Festival of the Lion King and Finding Nemo, Big Blue and Beyond, I think is the current name. Anyway, these are stage shows, um, kind of like Rogers the Musical, which we just talked about recently. Uh, hopefully that's going to keep running, but you never know. But Festival of the Lion King, Finding Nemo, these have been running at Animal Kingdom in one way or another for a long time. And I think they're definitely worth checking out, at least one of the two. You know, it's it's a lot to like kind of put a lot of shows into your Disney trips, but especially in the summer when it's super hot, definitely check that out. And then only for Animal Kingdom did I have this, but I do think that you should 
and this is not quite an attraction, so it's a little bit of cheating. But I do think you should spend some time exploring because um, any Disney nerd knows that Joe Rohde designed the park, and he did such an amazing job theming all the different lands, Asia, Africa, everywhere that there is Pandora, all the different places in Animal Kingdom, and it does reward just some exploration. Um, that's something you're not going to want to do in the summer, but if you're there in the cooler months, it's definitely worth doing. Totally agree. All right, well, let's move on to what you should do only if you're interested in it. Yeah, so my kids really like the wildlife shows like Feathered Friends in Flight. I think those are worth checking out if your kids are into those kinds of things. Um, so definitely, if you're thinking about it, do it. Dinosaur, uh, you put Indiana Jones as a must-do at Disneyland. I find Dinosaur to be almost opposite, almost didn't make my list. But it's the same ride attraction. I think they're going to retheme it eventually. Check it out, especially if you're a Disneyland fan, just to see what kind of Indiana Jones East is. Um, you know, I don't like Indiana Jones. I've said this. I guess I like the dinosaur theme a little bit better because it's a little less scary, but it's just not, it doesn't move the needle in the same way. Yeah. I mean, I love India, as you um, know, but dinosaur, how can you take the same ride vehicle and make the attraction so much worse? I the mean, it's not a bad. The, the pre-show pre yeah. is better. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But um, the attraction, for whatever reason, just never really fully delivers. But I think a lot of Disney nerds will want to see it for that comparison. So I do it more than I probably should because I'm always just trying to like figure out, like, why is this not Indiana Jones? <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, and there are very few other attractions at Animal Kingdom. Um, there's just like character meet and greets and things like that. I have... You know, I would say one unique thing that I do not recommend because it will traumatize your children is it's tough to be a bug. And if you're not there to traumatize your children, I know some people really love it, but uh, not this podcast. I apologize. And my daughter saw my list as I was putting it together and she said, how dare you not put Kali River Rapids on? Well, because it's not worth going on unless you are. Well, she's 10 years old now. I bet you, actually, if we go on it again when she's 10 or 11, she's like, this ride's too short, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so anyway, everything else at Animal Kingdom you can probably ignore. But if you're there for a full day, honestly, there's so few attractions at Animal Kingdom, you'll probably get a chance to do all of them. All right, let's uh, keep going back in time. So what's the next theme park that we're handling at Walt Disney World? Hollywood Studios, of course, the original MGM Studios. So what is on your must-do list there? Yeah, and a reminder that we didn't include any attractions that are like exactly the same between the two coasts. So like Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, they're exactly the same on both coasts. So they're not on the list at all. You know, just it's up you know exactly what that attraction feels like. So, you know, you go on to that if you want to go on that. Uh that's is of course if you're a Disneyland regular. If you're not, all three of those probably should be on your must-do list. But in terms of the unique attractions at Hollywood Studios, I actually only have one, and that would be Slinky Dog Dash. You can dip into my should-do list, Leslie, but do you have any other attractions at Hollywood Studios that you think are, like, must-do for people? I mean, Rock and Roller Coaster for me is a must-do because, again, it's the only inversion that you get at uh, Disney World from a coaster. So for the same reason that Incredicoaster was on my must-do list for Disneyland, Rock and Roller Coaster is on my must-do list at Hollywood Studios. 
That's fair enough. Um, I think that I am like inherently biased against Rock and Roller Coaster. It is on my should do list. But Leslie, uh, that time I wrote it with you, that was the first time I noticed that I was having serious back problems. And, you know, it took me two, two and a half years or so to deal with those. So maybe in my head, you know, I just have something against Rock and Roller Coaster. Because <laughs> I, I remember it was that launch. I was like, oh, that my back does not feel right. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's like, you know, you eat your favorite food and then you get a stomach bug and then you like are totally turned off from from that for, for years a, to come. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I was super excited. You know, we were, we were there together. We were going to ride it together. Just to be clear, the back pain didn't come because of Rock and Roller Coaster. It was just then that I like first seriously noticed it. Um, and, you know, I'm just, you know, this is like a therapy session, Leslie. I'm like, discovering these things about myself and my history in real time as I talk to you. So thank you. Your check's in the mail. Uh, Others should do attractions I have at Hollywood Studios, Tower of Terror. I think that Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is the superior tower, but I think the Twilight Zone theming is still really awesome at Hollywood Studios, and you should definitely check it out. And now that they finally finished refurbishing all the elevators, it's running like normal again, so you're not waiting like hours and hours to do it. And then probably my controversial should do, but if you've been listening to this podcast for the last six months or so, we have fully embraced our Muppet love lately, and it's a very outdated attraction, very 90s uh, at certain points. But Muppet Vision 3D, that's on my should do list. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. And I've also been hearing rumblings that it may not stick around for too much longer. And that's not because Disney is like ignoring the Muppets. Rather, they may be doubling down in new ways when it comes to the Muppets. So perhaps, you know, that section of the park may be repurposed or or, or renovated in some way, shape or form. So see it while it's still there, because I'm not sure it's going to stand the test of time. Because like you say, it is dated and that's what makes it awesome because it feels just like you know disney of our childhood yeah and the other reason why i have it on the list is because there's like never a line so you should do it because you're not gonna have to wait to do it at all air conditioning that too that too finally at hollywood studios on my only if interested list again um i'll put the shows that are at hollywood studios here I guess you could include Fantasmic in there, but I was thinking about Beauty and the Beast um, and the Indiana Jones stunt show. Actually, I really like the Indiana Jones stunt show, but I get that not everyone is going to want to do that. Um, but definitely, normally, only if interested is kind of like lukewarm recommendations. But I think if you're really interested in stunts or if you just watched, you know, I just watched Dial of Destiny today, Leslie, and it's actually quite a bit of fun. So, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, it is like old school Hollywood Studios, MGM Studios, we will say, and they kind of teach you how the magic is made. And so I think it's uh, really worth checking out if you're interested in it. Yeah, I agree. So, Joe, there's something missing from this list. What about alien swirling saucers? Where does it fall? <laughs> uh, yeah, do not do. Do not, do not pass go. <laughs> go straight to jail. <laughs> you know, do it twenty thousand times, like Joe for his yes, son. Yes, traumatized. I mean, like I said, like I've said on previous podcasts, because of how many times I've done it, I have Stockholm syndrome, and my kids are getting too old for it now. And so, you know, you miss what you you miss what you used to have. Um, but yeah, alien swirling saucers. Not a lot to write home about, except for holidays and at nighttime. You know, I would put only if interested. Uh, at that point. But yeah, everything else at Hollywood Studios, I can probably take or leave. A lot of it, again, is stuff that you can get in Disneyland now. If you're there and you haven't been to Disneyland and you're just listening to this episode just 
looking for a list of rides to do, obviously do all the Star Wars attractions to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. But if you're a Disneyland regular, you can definitely save time and skip those, especially if you only have limited amount of time in Orlando. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you're a Disneyland regular, I find it's possible to do sort of a half day in Hollywood Studios, half day in Animal Kingdom to hit those attractions that, you know, are new to you and really be efficient um, if you've got the park hopper that way. Yeah, go to Animal Kingdom in the morning, stack Hollywood Studios, Lightning Lanes in the afternoon, and you'll be good to go. Check out our Genie Plus 101 episode, or maybe that's in our 201 episode, if you are uh, not sure what we mean by stacking Lightning Lanes. Which, uh, this is a good time to insert that, uh, as a reminder, we are on YouTube now, and we'd really appreciate it if you could like and subscribe to our channel there. Hit that bell button to be notified when we have new episodes. You can find that at youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. And while we're at it, Leslie, like we said on our Disneyland episode, you have a ton of content on Disneyland and on Disney World and travel with kids in general. Where can people find that? That's tripswithtikes.com, and I am at tripswithtikes everywhere on social media. And yes, I signed up for threads, Joe. <laughs> Just <laughs> you know, picking up the thread from last last episode. <laughs> very clean, very clean. Who knows when I release this? You know, I know 500 million people signed up or whatever, but by the time this is released, maybe Threads is already dead. We will see. I mean, probably not just through, uh, you know, too big to fail, but we'll see. We'll see. Like you said, uh, you know, Leslie posted, uh, and this is the problem with all these social media sites. Leslie, I have no idea where you posted it, but uh, you said, what if it's like Google Plus? Everyone signed up for Google Plus, but, you know, that was dead on arrival. So um, we shall see how that, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, maybe you know what has already happened. But, uh, Digression aside, you can find me at Azure Joe Flies all over social media. And of course, if you're looking to plan a Disney World or Disneyland vacation, you can email me, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net, and I'd be happy to help you out as your travel agent. Now, let's get to our favorite park, Leslie. Moving back in time, we're not to 1971 yet, but 1982. What are we looking at? Epcot, definitely our favorite park. So let's start with the musties there. You know what's crazy, Leslie? If we'd done this three or four years ago, I don't like, we would probably have only had one real true s tier must do even though we didn't make it an s tier when we did our (laughs) ride guide but uh i think now there's three solid rides that if you are a disneyland regular or honestly if you're just an any random disney visitor uh you need to do these attractions at epcot and that would be guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind frozen ever after and remy's ratatouille adventure unless you are from paris um, you are going to need to check out all three of those attractions. I definitely think those are must-dos. Yeah, I totally agree. I guess with the caveat that uh, Guardians does give a lot of people motion sickness. It is not mission space level, but it is one that does give a lot of people some issues. So I do know a lot of people who are ready to try it and, and tried it and it didn't go well. So if you think you're in that boat, that might be the only situation where it's not a must-do. Yes, we are just talking about if you have no restrictions, you know, these are our recommendations. I meant to say that at the beginning of the episode. So thank you for that, Leslie. And while we're on the subject, spoiler alert, Mission Space is on my do not ride list. Okay, just it's claustrophobic. I have clients who say they never get sick and they felt sick after they got off that attraction. Do not do Mission Space. Again, another Walt Disney World attraction where the pre-show is the best part. I still don't remember whether I've actually done it, Joe, or not. I mean, it's possible I did it like in my early 20s and I don't remember it, but I definitely have not done it since having children. So it's possible that I've missed it entirely. Yeah, the green version is 
doable. We're spending way too much time on attractions that I don't think you should ever ride. But uh, the green version is doable because it's less crazy, but still, it's pretty claustrophobic. And for those of you who are drinking around the world, definitely do not get on this attraction after you've had a few alcoholic beverages. All right, for my should-do attractions at Epcot, I've got Spaceship Earth because I just feel like, you know, actually, let me give you a trio of attractions. Spaceship Earth, American Adventure, and Journey into Imagination with Figment, even though that's an inferior version to previous versions. I feel like all three of those are old school Epcot. And while we still have them, you should really check them out just to get a feel for what Epcot used to be like. RIP Body Wars. Oh, I miss Body Wars. But yeah, I totally agree, especially Spaceship Earth. I mean, that is the classic and everybody wants to go into the ride uh, that goes into the ball. So got to do it. Yes. My last should do at Epcot is uh, I have Test Track. It is not as good as Radiator Springs Racers, but especially for younger kids who are into a little bit of thrills, the nice, fun, fast attraction. Single rider line is actually quite modest in terms of wait times and things like that. So I, de- I definitely think you should do Test Track if you got the time for it. Agreed. And for people with kids like ours who like the STEM kind of things, getting to design your own car is an extra element to that that Radiator Springs doesn't have. So I think it does have that extra little bonus, um, even though, again, the ride is not as good. And then speaking of STEM nerds like our, myself, living with the land and <laughs> Grand Fiesta Tour with the three caballeros, I guess only one of those is for STEM nerds. But uh, the boat rides are the only, if you're interested, attractions that I have for Epcot. I, I think they're worth checking out. Um, and obviously I didn't include Soren because Soren is uh, at both coasts. The boat rides, I th- they're, they're worth doing, uh, especially if you're interested or if you're interested in just taking a break. So that's what I have there. I don't know if uh, I missed anything at Epcot that you feel like people should check out. Well, new things are coming. <laughs> we'll find out what happens when we get the Moana. Uh, you mean the short walk through <laughs> the short a little walk garden? Water. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I, I feel like that's not going to be a must do. You know, maybe I should do for the theming. That'll be open, you know, by the end of the year, hopefully. So we'll mm-hmm. see um, how that goes. All right. So we will go back to 1971, uh, the Magic Kingdom. And surprisingly, I found, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, Leslie, but I found that like it feels like there are so many attractions that are overlapping with Disneyland that, you know, there were not that many attractions to talk about, which is a totally fine and okay thing. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the reality is that Disneyland has more attractions per capita in the Castle Park than Magic Kingdom does. So there, there's a lot to do that's unique, but it's not a massive number when you look at the Venn diagram. Now let's get to my must-dos. Uh, I've got a trio here and I solidly stand by all three of them. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Tron Life Cycle Run, and People Mover. Okay, you got to ride all three attractions, especially if you're an old school Disneyland fan and you no longer have the people mover. Obviously, the first two are newer attractions, although Seven Dwarfs Mine Train isn't new at this point, but very well done roller coasters that are worth checking out. Not too thrilling, actually. A lot of younger kids can do both of those attractions, although Tron is 48 inches for the height requirement, um, which I know because we're like getting some thick-soled shoes so my son can hopefully ride it in a couple weeks. Um, And then People Mover is the exact opposite of those two attractions. It's not a roller coaster at all. It's a very chill ride through Tomorrowland. But I definitely think you should check out those three attractions if you're visiting the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I totally agree. Those three are no-brainers for me, and I do – I think I do them – well, I haven't done Tron yet, but I do the other two every time. 
or my should do attractions. The first one I put on here probably has caveats, which you have to have a kid who is of the age that they're going to appreciate this and of the mind that they'll appreciate this. But Enchanted Tales with Belle, which is an attraction where the story of Beauty and the Beast is retold and kids get to play parts in that story. It's like a play that is acted out. I definitely think it's worth checking out if your kids are the right age. It's the only attraction on my list at all that I am uh, qualifying with, you know, you need to be a certain type of person to do that or have a certain type of family. However, the other attractions on here, anyone can do. Small World Haunted Mansion, of course, are in Disneyland, but I think that they're worth checking out, um, especially if they're not long lines for them, which is more likely at Small World than it is at Haunted Mansion. But it's nice to, and again, this is, it's only for these two attractions that I put this on there, but it's good to compare with, uh, or it's fun to compare with the Disneyland version. So I would say check those two out. And the other should do that I put on here, I will say that either check out Hall of Presidents or American Adventure, just because it's like old school Disney animatronic patriotism stuff that's worth checking out because, uh, you know, just like Moments with Lincoln, great moments with Lincoln. Is that, what's it called? Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Sorry, sir, to forget the Mr. and not honor you that way. But just like that at Disneyland, you know, these are patriotic animatronics that really give you a feel for, they remind you what kind of what Walt was into um, and they're worth checking out. I don't think you need to do both. That's like 60 minutes of your day. Um, although if it's hot, you know, maybe do both. One's in Epcot, one's in Magic Kingdom, but I think that's worth checking out. Yeah, and I'll add one more item to your uh, should-do list. I think you really should do Jungle Cruise at Magic Kingdom because it's a superior version of Jungle Cruise. Just like Pirates is better at Disneyland, Jungle Cruise is better and longer and different, has some scenes that you don't have at Disneyland. So you should do that if you're a Disneyland regular to appreciate and, and see the differences for yourself. And there's Genie Plus at Jungle Cruise in Florida, and there's not in uh, Disneyland. True, but it's a really popular pick, so it takes, um, you know, yeah, prioritization. That's a good point. A good point. Uh, and then the only, if interested, I have at Magic Kingdom are Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, just because early on in this podcast, we were taken to task by some of our early adopting listeners for never having checked out Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. So, uh, you know, it's a long-running joke. And I do think it's worth checking out uh, if you're interested in that or if you need a place to sit for a little while. And then I put uh, Enchanted Tiki Room and Carousel of Progress on there because, again, these are like old school Disney attractions that, you know, may not last forever. Fair enough. Fair enough. Although I'd skip Tiki Room because we got it at, at land as well. But oh, I, you I, do? I, I must have skipped it at I... land and just ignored it. Yeah, probably. But, I, you know, I haven't done both of them in so long that I think they're identical. But don't quote me on that. And then other than that, like at Magic Kingdom, most of the attractions are just going to be the same. You know, Teacups is the same. Obviously, Teacups is the same. Dumbo's the same. Big Thunder Mountain's a little bit better at Disneyland. Um, and, and, you know, once uh, Splash, what's Tiana's Bayou Adventure, Knee Splash Mountain. Is it Knee or Nay? No clue. Never known that. Never heard it pronounced. <laughs> Uh, you're supposed to be the cultural one, Leslie, but yes, uh, <laughs> I'm from X, Alabama, Joe. So <laughs> X, X splash mountain. We just pretend we're coastal elites. X splash mountain is going to be the same on both coasts uh, whenever that opens. So that'll be that. So yeah, I think that covers it. it. It did surprise me. 
I guess like I prefer Disneyland in a lot of ways, maybe because, you know, familiarity, although you have more familiarity with Disneyland, you prefer that as well. And I was thinking that it might be hard to find must do's at Disney World. But in fact, I think Disney has been pretty clever about splitting up their awesome attractions on both coasts and uh, making it really tough to not visit both at least sometime in your lifetime uh, if you're a Disney fan and you enjoy the Disney parks. Yeah, totally agree. That's why you and I are spending our money to crisscross the country to go to those two parks and then also to the international ones now too. Yes, Golly. yes, yes. Uh, and we keep, you know, we're ships in the night. We keep going west when the other's east and vice versa. So That's true. Um, off by months and things like that. Uh, my Disney do or don't, if you are listening to this and you are Disneyland regular, um, I would say my Disney do is uh, or don't, depending on how you think about it, is do travel in the cooler months. Don't travel in the summer if you can avoid it. You were telling me on our Disneyland episode that it gets hot in California. Well, if you think it gets hot in California at Disneyland in the summer months, it is, you know, I am not, every time I walk outside, it's been 90 degrees every single day this week here in Boston. Every time I walk outside with my kids, I'm like, kids, just want to remind you that it's going to be hotter in Disney in two weeks to the point where it's a running joke. Um, and then one of my kids said it to me because I keep saying to them, you're not prepared. You're not prepared. And so finally, one of my kids said it to me before I could say it to them today, actually, Leslie. And I was like, you know what, buddy? I am not prepared. You know, I've been saying this for myself as much as I've been saying it for you. So if you can avoid it, don't go during the summer months. Um, you'll probably have a better time. The parks will be open longer. And I think especially, you know, if you're visiting and you want to kind of do as much as possible, the heat really slows you down. Luckily, on this trip that we're going on, we're not going to be go, go, go. We're just going to kind of check out what we want to check out. Um, but, you know, it, it is tough to just do it during the heat. Yeah, it's hard to be completist in hot weather months. I mean, my son and I went and took a five-night trip last June, so about a year ago. And there were plenty of things that we didn't get to hit just because we had to take several hour breaks in the middle of the day. And, you know, we were just just drained and um, sweaty and all that good stuff. Yes. So avoid the summer if you can. If you can't, then just do the must do's and then maybe one or two of the should do's and um, just call it a day and, you know, or spread your time out more. And it's still enjoyable. Um, it's still Disney, but it's really hot. I think we did a temperature episode at some point. So definitely go back and find that one. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Hope you have enjoyed this, these uh, sister episodes on Disneyland and Disney World for each other's um, respective non-regulars. Okay, I'm saying that all wrong, but you know what I'm saying. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I'll see you continually singing the praises of Disneyland over Disney World. Thanks, Jim.